When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame to his game because he's always the same. That's me. Grumpy, how are you doing this fine Saturday evening? Okay, pretty good. How about yourself? Getting excited for the hockey season. I'm starting to get a little bit excited now. The NHL season, I think the Islanders' first game is 21 days away. Well, it's, it's a Kyle Palmieri amount of days away, Grumpy. Well, it's actually they play Tuesday night against the Rangers. That's the first exhibition game. Regular season, Grumpy. Regular season. Oh, regular season. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah, it's uh, you know since days? our last show since was that twenty one days? Okay, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, since our last show, we reported the camp. We've got some line combinations that they're going to be gelling and trying out there. Tuesday's going to be it's it's going to be fun to watch what they roll out there on Tuesday. Absolutely, but we can we're going to be talking a little bit today. Um, who's been playing well? Who's been garnering coaches' attention out of the young players? There. What does our team look like? Do we expect to see a lot of moving and shaking? Are we going to have a lot of promotions from within the organization that are going to challenge some players for spots, or are we going to be status quo? We'll talk all about that and much much more. Who's heard um, already? In who's, who's heard already? Sure, we could talk about that. Um, but uh, a few housekeeping items. If you're new to this podcast, you're new to this channel, welcome. This is a twice-a-week All-Islanders podcast, Grump, that takes place every single Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Ish. Standard Time. Ish. So, No, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you like this content and you want to see more, there's a few things that I encourage you to do. I implore you to do. If you like this content, make sure to leave a thumbs up on the video. Apparently that helps the algorithm helps get this fun time out to the masses, out to many more Islander fans, just like yourself. And also make sure you subscribe on YouTube. So you don't miss out on any of our future content. We release. We also go live on Facebook and Twitter, where you can find us at the Islanders uh, Islanders or Islanders never say die. You can find it there. Um, but again, every Wednesday and Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also have a secondary channel called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Now, that is an all-sports podcast that takes place every single Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and every single Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure to give that a check out, too. We talk anything and everything sports on that show. We talk NFL. We talk NHL. We talk NBA. We talk MLB. We talk college athletics. We talk the NFL. We talk anything and everything sports on that show. European football. We talk 
anything and everything sports on that show. It's called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. It can be found in the link in the description below or as a featured page on our YouTube channel. That's right. And hopefully, we got, I know we're going to have a lot of, and first off, there's a lot of college games going on today, but this podcast is an important one. We do have, I, I, I'm not saying that you kind of put on the little conspiratorial hat, but we, it's uh, some of the line combinations are, you know, Phil's facts gave me a call with his little inside info. No, I'm just kidding. But we were talking about Duranda, who's been on the first line practicing with Matt Barzal and Bo Horvat quite a bit. And um, I tell you, Phil was, Phil, Phil, now this is the shit that Phil's good with. Phil was like, hey, if you remember, Simon Holmstrom was up there practicing on the first line and the preseason last year, and he was that first call-up candidate. And then he, he kind of talked a little bit about, like, maybe Durando is the guy who's the first call-up candidate this time around if injuries do happen. So it's just kind of interesting to think of if you've got guys like William DeFore, Matthew Maggio, maybe it's Durando who's the first call-up candidate and not guys like Ruslan Ishikov. Well, wasn't Oliver Wallstrom also playing on the first line with Matt Barzell and Corvette? <laughs> No, in preseason. Preseason last year. Horvat wasn't on the team. I'm, talk, I'm talking about this preseason. Yeah, but when you look at the line combinations, it's Durando, it's Matt Barzal, and it's Bo Horvat. It's been like that for two or three days. Yeah, I don't put much into line combinations the first couple of days. I mean, it's unless... not saying you know, he's going to stick with them. He's just saying he likened it to last year. They did the same thing, and the player who happened to have that time on that first line at the beginning of the year was the first call up from Bridgeport saying maybe remember Durando got called up from Bridgeport last year to play a few games saying maybe this is our first guy just to just I'm not saying like oh he's going to be on the first line all I'm saying is you wonder who maybe the next man up is from Bridgeport might be Durando the same way it was designed like that last year okay that's fine is that it is that all you have on the Islanders tonight? Is that it? Is that, is that what you brought to the table? I've got more, but I'm like, I'm competing with you watching fucking college football per the use. Dude, so there's no college that's, football that's, on. Uh, okay. I, I just, I, okay, great. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Okay. You're going to want to find, and you talk about what Lane Lambert came out and said. He says, hey, we're expecting to have somebody cemented in to play on the wing of Bo Horvat and to play alongside with Matt Barzal by the start of the first regular season game. So I'm going to go out on a limb. If you're trying to find somebody to cement into that spot, pretty early on, I assume you're going to be rolling them out there on as a line mate. If you're looking for someone to be cemented in come game one, you're probably going to want to have a little bit of chemistry built up, maybe a few games under their belt. I don't think it's Durando who's going to be playing on the first line. But I think we're going to find out sooner rather than later who that is. They have six preseason games. Do you really think it would take much to put Anders Lee back on that line? Been there, done that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, look at these. Uh, I mean, honestly, look at the second line. Talk about a disaster. Well, no, these are, they're running groups. They run, they run groups. I, they run I, understand. I understand. I just wanted to say second line, anything that has Holmstrom on it, that's a disaster just waiting to happen. I mean, there's no no one is together except for Barzal and Horvat. That's it. Everybody else is just just a mishmash out there. Even the defense pairings, all no one is with who they're going to be partnered with. I thought it was interesting. Last year they did the same thing, where they rolled out somebody on the first line who didn't make it out of camp, and then first injury comes up, they're the first call up. 
the rando. We liked what we saw from him last year. You and I had mentioned and others had mentioned, and he's in that same spot. So maybe he's a guy who out of camp uh, is down there in Bridgeport, but if an injury happens, he's the next call up up. Again, what does that say for guys like, if that's true, Ruslan Ishikov? What does that say no. for guys like William DeFore? What does that say for guys like Matthew Maggio? I think none of it says anything about anything. That's what I think. I so don't think if, if Ruslan Ishikov is not the first call-up guy this year, that you, you think that says nothing? Well, you don't, don't think, think that says is. that guy has no chance ever to play an NHL game? That's what it says to me. He has no chance playing for the Islanders. They don't like him. Why is he not getting a shot now? Durando. I like Durando. Uh, Simon Holmstrom, was he really the best candidate to come up from the minors? No, he wasn't. But why did why do you think they forced him up last year? Because he was lose only first round draft pick ever. And he's like, oh well, we've got to get this kid up here. Because he certainly wasn't as good as Durando last year. He wasn't as good two years ago. He wasn't as good as uh you know a raft of players i don't i just don't i don't think it really matters i just think it was just coincidental that he was the first call up that's all and his, so what are we rooting for injuries now it means nothing for opening day absolutely nothing nothing grumpy guess what it's not phil's got too much time on his hands where now you're buying into it well hold on What's what's wrong with being prepared? Okay, there. Guess what? Invariably, sometime this grumpy. Invariably, sometime this year, we're going to be talking about if an injury happens, who's the call up, who's the guy who gets that opportunity. And guess what? We already know. I've got a strong inkling that that may be the case. Well, you know what? I'll just wait till someone gets hurt, and then they're just going to tell us Johnny's hurt. We're going to bring up player X. Who cares? I don't care. I would like it to be where Durando. Plays well enough where he's got a spot on the first team to start the season. That would be news. Just, oh, well, you know what? Maybe he'll be the first call up when there's an injury. Who cares? It's once again. So what does it say? We have chiseled into granite our starting lineup. That's all it says. Yeah, I don't disagree with that point. We have chiseled into granite our starting lineup. But I think it's interesting to know where do other guys sit in the eyes of the organization? That's why I'm bringing it up too, Grump, because guess what? If the first call-up is a guy like Durando, it means that other players invariably do not have the same amount of value that Lou, the Lamanites, that the Islander fans place on them. Who would honestly, of the young guys, be ready to come up and play? I would like to think that Ruslan Ishikov could maybe make a step to the NHL if given an opportunity. He's 24. Was he 23, 24 years old? He's what, five foot seven? He doesn't fit what they do. Oh, who gives a shit how old he is? How come he didn't get called up last year? He's the only guy who produced I any don't know. That's, that's a question we were asking ourselves on a consistent basis. Why was he not called up last year? Same shit we asked, Trump. Because they don't like what he does. That's not the style they want to play. That's why he doesn't get called up. He has he, he uh, produces offense. That's not something the Islanders are interested in. They haven't been for the last five years. Not interested in scoring goals. William DeFore, he comes up, and how much did he play? One game, five minutes, back down he went. I mean, not they liking the way he's skating. Okay, supposedly now he's he's skating like the freaking wind, supposedly. I don't know if that's more an indictment on the rest of the team or just how much he's improved. We are not a good skating team. 
I was seeing that right now. These were a few of these uh, statements here by Stefan and, and other beat writers too, but obviously we follow Stefan the closest there out of the beat writers that they've got. Might as well share that uh, DeForest skating not only seems to be up to par with the NHLers, but also he seems to be leading the small sprints every time he goes. And that's dating back to rookie camp. Rookie camp means nothing. Rookie camp means absolutely nothing. Zero. It means less than nothing. Continue. Fatigue also doesn't seem to be an issue that he's dealing with. Fatigue. Okay, well, you know, hopefully. I mean, don't we want to see someone break into the vaunted top 12 forward group? Someone with some type of talent or scoring ability? Wouldn't it be nice to have something like that? When the season starts, guess where he'll be? Back down in Bridgeport. That's where he'll be. Do you, Okay. You have... Do you see what I fucking mean right now, Grump? Do you see what I'm dealing with? It's just like you're not you're not wanting to engage in the conversation that that should, we should be having, which is which minor Bridge- leaguers will be the first call ups? No, motherfucker, that's not why I'm bringing this up. William DeFore, what is the one question we've always had about William DeFore? What is the one question? You're hard to work with right now because you're doing something else. But what is the one thing we always talked about with William DeFore? This is the one thing we always want to know about him. Has he improved his ability to skate? You've got beat writers saying it looks like compared to skating with other NHLers and players on the Islanders, it doesn't look like he's lagging far behind. That is the one thing we've said that will always stop his ability or could stop his ability to make it to the NHL. It looks like early on this preseason, he is skating at an average NHL level. That is something to be, ha, huh, that's relieving to think of and to talk about. That's why I'm bringing that up, Grump. And you remember what I said? He looks good against our Ham and Eggers, who are one of the worst skating teams in the league. I want to see how he skates in the preseason against other teams. So what you do you what? want to do? Just not talk about anything in this freaking podcast, Grumpy? Guess what? Practice. It's practice. Practice carries over the games. What are you, Allen Iverson? We're not considered. Practice. We're not concerned with how practice. practice is going. You're talking about practice. Fuck, man. I just I want to see him in a game. Okay, he skates good in drills. Great. I hope he's better. Wouldn't you? Do you think he's going to be on the big team to start the season? The answer is no. no. The answer is no. I don't give a shit what the big team looks like to start this year. Grumpy, what is the one thing that we are in agreement of? This team is not winning a Stanley Cup. The season hasn't even started. Now we're devolving into this type of talk. The one thing we've agreed upon is the team is not winning a Stanley Cup. So what is the thing that we do get encouraged about? When a young guy that we took a flyer on late in the draft that has had, you know, performance at, uh, at you know, juniors and a little bit at Bridgeport, the one thing that we said is the biggest weak point of his game, it looks like he is taking improvements and strides on. That is something that makes me happy as a fan because that's one of what could he be? He might be one of the pieces that is a contributor going forward. He could be. Let's hope. I just always said the one thing that we fear the most from him is his skating. It looks like early on he's competing. It looks like he's been taking, he's been making strides in his ability to skate. That's important. I think that's important. I do. Do you think it's important? I do. I just don't think he's going to get a legit. If he, guess what? If his skating has improved as much as, you know, in a drill, if it translates to actual playing speed, Fantastic, phenomenal. I'm all for it. Whose spot is he going to take? Whose spot is he going to take? 
Where's that that that's that's all I care about. Okay, you've you've mastered your skating skill. Whose spot is he gonna take? Everyone signed the long-term deals. Where's he gonna play? He won't even be the first call up according to you and Phil, because Durando practiced on the first line. So forget it. That's set in stone. He's not getting called up. Whoever shows up, and it was, I didn't say it was set in stone, but I just think it's interesting. It's not interesting at all. It's stupid. It's a Phil thing. It's stupid. If Phil told it to you, it's wrong. That's all you need to know. It's wrong. It's just <laughs> it just pull names out of the damn hat when they want to call somebody up. <laughs> Is that what you I think Lou Lamarillo does? I can come up with any scenario that you want as to why a guy gets called up. Any kind of conspiracy theory story, I could make up, just like Phil does. Phil makes up every single thing he puts out on Twitter. I can't wait for him to be off of Twitter for a year. It's going to happen. Yeah. That's going to be the most talked about bet, I guess, in the Islanders' sphere. <laughs> it's if the Islanders don't make the playoffs. Phil disappears off of Twitter Phil, for an entire year. Like I said about Phil, we love Phil. Just everyone knows that. Too much. He's around too much estrogen. His only respite is from you know little tea parties with the girls and stuff like that. And his wife beating him down like the miserable little puppy. She rolls up a newspaper and smacks him on the snout when he gets out of line. The only thing that saves him uh, is tweeting is tweeting Islander stuff. Okay, you're done. Like you're done. Like you're done. You're done, Grumpy. And we love Mrs. Phil too, by the way. You're done, Grump. Anyway, yeah. so again. These are important things, I think, to bring up. Okay. And Lambert wants to have somebody locked in alongside Matt Barzal and Bo Horvat. Just a matter of finding the right piece. Dude, you've had the same pieces here for five years. This is the same team. It makes me think it's going to be an unconventional decision. That's what it makes me think. Okay. When I read something like that, it makes me think it's going to be unconventional. Who? Who, who's unconventional for you? Because believe me, Durando won't be on the team start season. DeFore won't be on the team start season. Uh, who will be Who will be the guy? Who's the out-of-the-box thought, according to TJ? Stefan's question was, Matt, I'm going to answer your question with, with a little bit of a, a response there that they asked Matt Um, What is it like skating with Durando? What does he bring? Speed, speed, and more speed. That's exactly, the speed and more speed. There's no extra speed. Speed. I'll do speed, speed, and more speed. Um, I I don't know who it's going to be. Finding the right piece doesn't indicate to me it's a shoe in that Anders Lee's the first line left wing. Okay, great. Let's say Durando, for argument's sake, makes the I don't team. Know if it's going to be him. Let, let's speed, speed, more speed. That's what you said, and we've all both agreed that speed is something you need to play with Matt Barzell. Yes. Okay. okay. Let's say I'm willing to play the TJ Phil game. Great. Let's play it. Why are you lumping me in with Phil right now? Why are you lumping me in with Phil? Because you two talk on a regular basis offline. It's it's sad. So here's the thing. <laughs> Let's say you have Barzell, Horvat, Durando. What's your second line? I'm going to tell you it's going to be the line there like a Kyle Palmieri, Brock Nelson, and Pierre Engvall. Okay. What's your third line? I think it's going to be probably Hudson Fashing. I think it's going to be Jean-Gabriel Pajot and Oliver Wallstrom. What's your fourth line? The same fourth line that we've had for the last 15,000 bajillion years, Grumpy. It's going to be Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas, and Cal Clutterbuck. Where's Captain Average? 
Where's Captain Average? Hopefully, no one. Like I said, everyone okay, maybe they'll place average on the third line. I don't know. Here's the thing unconventional. I don't think Durando makes it. I don't think Durando is going to be the guy at left wing. Unconventional means somebody we're probably not considering that much. I'm saying we've got to Who find the right piece. I don't think it just means it's dead in stone that Andrews Lee is playing on the left wing. Maybe they put Oliver Wallstrom on his off. I have no idea. I just think it's going to be something unconventional. Unconventional. That's what I think it's going to be. Okay. It's either going to be Wallstrom or it's going to be uh, – now, here's unconventional for you. You want unconventional? How about we take uh, J.G. Pajot and put him on the first line? As- I'd be fine with that as a, as a left wing. I would be so happy with that. I think he would work extremely well with Bo Horvat and Matt Barzal. He's a guy who's oh, a yeah. high-engine, high-motor type of guy, and he's got a nasty enough shot to where he can pot a few in and he can distribute a few pots. I'm all for that. Anders but- Lee is the biggest freaking anchor that's hanging around the neck of the Islanders. In my scenario, when I was saying that first, I was like, hey, I'm not even thinking about him. He's just such an afterthought. My God. Ugh. And so where's Wallstrom going to play? I think he starts off the year on the third line. Okay. But hey, maybe if it's not conventional, maybe he plays the first line. I have no idea. But it's all about finding the right pieces. That to me doesn't sound like, hey, we're coming in. We know what we're going to do. And if something doesn't work, then we're going to change it up. This is like, hey, we're going to try a few things and see what works. Because this team has always historically been a team that surprises you with rosters and lines and everything since Lou Lamarill has been there. <laughs> I, it just it just kind of goes against everything that they've done since he's been there. Every sure. year, the same guys make the team. We tell you what at the end of the year, we already tell you what the lineup's going to be to start the seasons three, four months later, and we're always proven right because they don't think outside the box. I would love for them to think outside the box. Would absolutely love it. I think more something you might see is you might see Oliver Walsh from get a shot on the first line. That's, that's I think, and that's I think as out of the box as they're going to get. I think that's a possibility too. I just don't think. I, okay, I thought this off season, it was cemented in probably Anders Lee. I'm not sure so much. What about Engvall on the first line? He skates. He can't shoot, but at least he skates. He does skate. He won't go into corners, but he can skate. Michael T says, "F it, baby. Let's put Ross Johnson up there." And now yeah, you know you might have smoothed everything. Right? That's that's not even a box. That's outside the tanker theory. I mean, come on. Do you remember how smooth everything? Do you remember how smooth everything? Do you remember how smooth everything went with the with the comments last show? Everything went so smooth with X there. After one show, X is already bailing on us on his comment duties. <sighs> the comments are is not doing what yeah that's right what's what's this trifecta was involving sun x he was the guy who just seeing the background starring comments so we have an organized way to to hopefully get a a large variety of comments from different people in on the show instead of reading all 557 billion that that pile in so we get a good because the tyrant cannot think outside the box he should work for the islanders and lula he should be lou lamarillo's right hand man how how is this what we're talking about? How why should I be Lou Lamarillo's right hand man, Grumpy? Because you can't think outside the box when it comes. Hey, let's just do a couple of select comments. As TJ's just like, let's. Hey, I got an essay. Let's make sure we read that comment. No, you can't do that. Come on. Like I said, just select comments. It's you know we can't have twelve hour shows. I do not. Okay, we've gone over this plenty of times, Grump. I am not going to be able to read the comments, have a conversation with you, and prepare the points that we're talking about. 
all at the same time. It's not something I have the capability of doing all three at once, okay? Not effectively. So that's what Sun X is supposed to be there for. And Sun X, it seems like you're trying to defend Sun X. Sun X is over here slacking on his freaking duties. First week on the job, slacking on the freaking job already, Grump. Sun X will be over the house tomorrow, filling up the water. Uh, whatever. Uh, that's been how many months since he's supposed to fill up this water, huh, Grump? Well, I'll make him do it. He's coming over. We're going to watch football games. We're going to watch uh, a bunch of stuff. The so. more and more I think yeah. you're just whipped by Sun X. Sun X has you wrapped around the finger, just leading you any way he wants, Grumpy. That's it. That's exactly what it's like. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I had that feeling there, Grump. Um, you know, I, I will say this here will be nice to watch on Tuesday. Some Islanders action. Hopefully we'll they're see. on TV. MS. Usually the Ranger games are on. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we get a shot. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they look. I'll tell you what, though. I figured, you know what? Since the Rangers are the first preseason game, let me do a little research on the Rangers. Rangers are going to make playoffs. I'm, I'm certain of that. I don't. I just don't understand how a lot of people say, oh, well, the Rangers, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. I, I don't understand that logic at all. And Peter Laviel, I something that Philip, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jacob Trouba said. They asked him, you know, what is, uh, what do you know about Laviolette? Is there anything he's brought? He says, yeah, he's brought uh, a direction. I, I mean, think about that. That's a slam on Gerard Gallant. Now, he's not the only player either. They come out and said, well, they kind of just let us do what we wanted. This is, you know, there's more structure now. You know, I, the Rangers are going to be good this year because what does Peter Laviolette do? Very similar to Barry Trotz in what he does. He brings structure and uh, a system, a defensive system. That's and here's the Rangers have talent. They're already they're practicing Lafreniere on his off wing. They want to get him in the top six. It's kind of filled up with the left wing spots. They want to get him up there. They see something in him. Rangers going to be better this year. Unfortunately, they're going to be better. Because they have a coach now who's going to bring direction. I, I've never heard a player said, "Yeah, he brings direction to the team." Wow, that's like holy crap! Direction. What does it say about Gerard Gallant? What we've always said about him, right? Players, coach, but you know, gets them pretty far, gets them decently far, but exactly. never has enough to push them over the edge. Just not and that type of coach. And another thing is the one thing that the Rangers said: everyone. Uh, in their exit interview, said they wanted they wanted to be coached and coached hard. That's a direct slam at Gerard Gallant, right? So they bring in uh, Laviolette, and he says, "Oh, I've got to ask you a question, Coach and Coach. Who who said this? I've never heard this before, Grump." Larry Brooks had an article in the New York Post. Okay, got it. That's what the exit interview said to a man. They said they want the Rangers to come out. Uh, they they want to be coached. They want to be coached up. Coach, so coach hard is what Grumpy said. But it's it's a slam on Gerard Gallant. I think so. You hear, you know, the guy, they're, the Ranger team, they're all entering their prime. They had a nice interview with Blake Wheeler as well. And they're like, uh, here's the thing, Blake Wheeler is going to do well there. Regardless of what some people think, Blake Wheeler is going to produce for the Rangers. Laviolette comes in and says, yeah, you don't want a team that's all skill. You don't want a team that's all you know, Islanders, he didn't say that, but grinders, you want to mix and hold everybody accountable. That's one thing he's always done. He did it in Nashville. Uh, he did it in Carolina and he did it. Uh, he did it. Well, who the hell was he with before 
Washington. I mean, I think he, I don't. I don't. Who's he with before Washington? I'm sorry. Uh, wasn't it the was it the nah, the Flyers was too many years ago. Laviolette. Well, even he couldn't help the Flyers. <laughs> That's the last time the Flyers I think were relevant was when he was coach. When they though. made the postseason, maybe it was the last time. Uh, let I me mean, see here. I, I I mean, I think that was a good coaching hire by the Rangers. I'll say that. And they, the one thing you know, they have a lot of guys coming off of no move clauses. They brought up, which is interesting, because. Nice. Okay, so it was Nashville. I mean, he went to a Stanley Cup final with Nashville. He won a Stanley Cup with Carolina. The guy's a good, he's a proven coach. I remember when he came to the Islanders when Milbury hired him because he, he won an Eastern Conference with Philadelphia back in 09, 2010. Holy shit! Yeah, I mean, he, like I said, he's a good coach. I guess the most unsuccessful stint he had was with with was with the Washington awesome. Capitals over a three year time period. Yeah, I mean, wow. and they have Phil Housley there, Michael. Pekka, old Ranger player, is an assistant coach and some guy that they got from somewhere else. I don't know. Young old Islander, too, Michael Pekka. But, I mean, it's like, okay, the Rangers absolutely cleaned house with the front office, and they're like more accountability for the players. And that's that's the thing. He said it's a – they said there's not going to be, you know, the elite has one set of rules and the rank-and-file guys have a set of rules. Everyone's held to the same standard. That's not always been the case with the Rangers. The Rangers, to me, have always been a team that's kind of like a finesse team. Yeah, they got a lot of stars. They look pretty. They pass pretty. But, you know, come to nut-cutting time, they don't get the job done, except for when Messier was there. He was a different type player. But, I mean, for years and years and years and years. Let's see what happens this year. I think the Rangers will make the playoffs. I think that's the biggest impediment to the Islanders is the fact that you're going to have, you know, Carolina – Jersey Rangers automatic playoff teams, and then you're fighting it out for Pittsburgh for fourth spot. I don't think five teams are going to make it from the Metro Division. No, and I, I, I honestly, I think Carlson puts Pittsburgh over the top. That's just my thoughts. As it gets closer to the season, I'm giving the Islanders more of a chance. Why? Because I want them to do to make the playoffs. I want them to do well. You know where your heart kind of outthinks your head a little bit. I, you know, I read an article, all right, man, I'm geeked up. Maybe the Islanders got a shot. And I read an article on the Islanders. I listen to the players. I'm like, oh, boy, no. And, I, you know, I hear how uh, Crosby went off the rails when they didn't make the playoffs. Most disappointment. He's doubling down his efforts this year. I expect them to make the playoffs too. Now, and Carlson, Carlson, Carlson's a difference maker. He just is. I want to bring this up too because we're not alone, right? Sometimes – the more and more you talk, you think, "Oh man, are, are is our viewpoint on the Islanders? Are we alone? Right? Are we are we f swimming upstream against the current? Are we the only ones seeing that these glaring issues are here?" Well, Andy, Andy Francis there said, "Glad the Islanders plugged their biggest offseason need and added a stable of veteran defensemen to play on so alongside with with Noah Dobson." Never mind. A full season of Aho or Romanoff, it is. The disasters are so easy to spot from a mile away. We talked about what was another thing we need to address, right? We've always needed to add top line or top six, you know, forward potential, right? I guess they think that they have found one in Pierre Engvall that, that fills that void, which I don't really agree with. But we talked about we needed to add a veteran defenseman. We needed to add another defenseman, right? Because Sebastian Ajo, in a, on a good team, he's a number seventh defenseman. He just is. And Romanoff is 
consistently inconsistent. You can't really rely upon him to play a top four role. And, you know, we're going to be out there with either Bull Duke or Ajo. And both Bull Duke and Ajo are not going to be as defensively strong as what we would like. And they're going to play with Mayfield, right? Probably. Yep. Play I'm with just Mayfield. saying they're going to be asked. They're going to be taxed to play a lot of minutes. And you're going to see for a team that we went back to playing the defensive style, steady Eddie system to where we didn't want a heavy four checking team. We were going to be much more conservative regarding our rushes and our attempts. You're going to have to be a lot more reassured on the defensive side of the puck to do that. So, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, unless Romanoff has steps up and is more sound positionally, everyone thinks he, how great he was at the end of the year. He was okay. He wasn't great. He was okay. Can he improve? He's still only 23 years old. I think he certainly can. He gets, I always said, TJ hated him from day one. We know, uh, you know, the draft day trade and how TJ lost his mind. But here's the thing. I, you, get, you get at least two years, at least two years for a guy that young. Is he the second coming of, you know, Nicholas Lidstrom? No, he's not. But you know what? Maybe he can prove a solid partner for uh, no adoption of you. Everyone knows my point of view on this. Pelic and Dobson, Pulak and Romanoff. Then those two, those two groups are really solid. Those are two really solid pairs, I think. And I just, I just don't know if they want to think outside the box like that. It's just interesting. Sometimes you're just there's too many guys in the coaching staff in the front office who've been here for so long that. There's no fresh ideas and fresh thoughts, just none. Does anyone think, hey, how about we mix that up? Or have you just been running it back the same the same way year after year after year, where all of a sudden it's like, okay, no, Pulak's gonna Pulak is gonna play with Pelic, and Dobson's gonna play with Romanoff, and we're not even gonna think about any other options. That's that's sometimes a fresh voice, or a fresh, totally fresh perspective comes in. Yep. And you look at things differently and, you know, hey, we might be, we might be, maybe we fall into the same category, right? We never think, well, what if we take this guy off this line? I know I suggested it earlier, but how many fans really do that? Well, no, you know, Horvat's going to be with Barzell and whoever and Nelson did, 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 did it. It hasn't produced the desired results. Why not mix it up and try it in training camp? See which guys have chemistry together. You know, they keep, everyone says, oh, all offseason, what do you hear? All offseason. Oh, Barzell and Horvat, they had such great chemistry. Okay, they played six games together. At some point, I'm just going to be, you know what? It was six games, fellas. Let's see if they can carry it. To just say that that's a given and that's going to absolutely happen is just, I, I just think it's a little premature. Doesn't mean that it won't work. But just to say, oh, we're going to rubber stamp this one. These guys are together. That works. Not necessarily the case. I will say this, kind of to sum up what you said. I don't disagree with much of what you said at all, Grumpy. I do agree sometimes a pr fresh perspective helps. We hired a new coach. He did no. try different. He did. Well, here's the thing. He did try a different system. It failed miserably. <laughs> that, you know, I think, I think, you know, that that's that's the one thing. Even if we have a new coach in this organization, we're still very we're still very, I'd say, um, We're still very directed in what we can do. 
because it's not like we could change up the style of play significantly. Could we alter a few pieces? Look at it like it's a car, right? It's not like we could go out there and buy a whole brand new car and then, you know, switch up from like a, an economy vehicle, like a nice, you know, a nice Civic into a freaking sports car. All we could do is maybe we could say, hey, we're going to we're going to change the tires on the Civic. But you can't. The Civic is a Civic is a Civic. And our team, we after what we tried last year, we would not be able to be successful playing a run and gun style with more of a heavy offensive structure, more of a more of a more of a heavy four checking ideology, because our team is just not designed where we can be successful doing that. OK, I, I agree with you there. But the only thing is, you know, you said we got a new coach. Yeah, maybe he was a new coach, but guess what? He'd been with the organization for four years. So it's yep. like, he's not really new. You know what I mean? He's not a he's not a fresh voice. He's the, he was there for all those years. Yep. So, you know, he's kind of, you, and if you're around the guys, you know, day after day, year after year, you just have a preconceived notion that this is what works. Sometimes you need somebody new from outside the organization come in and say, "Yeah, I know, you know what? Maybe that's the way you've done in the past, but let's let's change it up and see what happens." I don't think that's something the Islanders are capable of doing right now. And I agree with you in regards to, you know, we're limited with what type of systems we can run just by the type of players we have. I understand that. But at some point in time, I like the idea of putting someone on that first line who has some speed, who can play with Matt Barzell. I don't want plotters. He needs guys who skate and go direct. They're direct players. That's what he needs. Then he can do his thing and you know back and forth as whatever i like guys like that for him will they do it i don't know if we see anders lee on the first line come opening night the answer is no they're not capable of doing it wouldn't you want to talk about stifling matt barzal and what he can do and even bo horvat i'll say to an extent putting anders lee in that anchor on the first line would just be it would be catastrophic to what they can do I really think that's the case because Matt Barzal would. We've seen the production he's able to put up with guys like Casey Sezikis, guys that you wouldn't expect to be able to put up points and score goals. Simply, they do because they have a motor and they create opportunities, and that they're having consistent movement allows Matt Barzal to hit them in open areas. It allows the defense to kind of get a little discombobulated. You're able to see that Matt Barzal is able to exploit that. The Matt Barzal goes in the zone and everybody stands still as Matt Barzal starts skating around on the outside of the ice and on the outside of on the outside of the uh, of the offensive zone and he tries to go ahead and, and defeat a nice pass over there as guys are standing still. That shit doesn't work. Having guys have consistent movement and you're rotating, that's what we need to see more of. Parise in his prime would have been a perfect forward for Matt Barzell. Perfect. He just didn't have the wheels anymore when he got here. I mean, that's that's why he didn't work when he was on the first line. He didn't have the juice anymore. He couldn't play those minutes. Oh, he's 38 years old, 39 years old. What do you expect? I mean, it's not a slam against Parise. It just, you know, we got him at the tail end. He was a third-line player, fourth-line player. That's what he was at the end, bottom six guy. Nothing wrong with it, but he's a guy. We saw Hudson Fashing. Look at the guys who've played well with Barzell, even in limited limited time. Kiefer Bellows, direct. 
Direct to the net. Yep. He's getting the puck. He's shooting the puck. He's going to score. Hudson he wasn't fashion. even a great skater. He wasn't even no. a great skater, Kiefer Bellows. But he moved this. He wasn't standing around out there, a la Anders Lee. You get Casey Zizekas. Same thing when he played on that first line for a few games. Opportunity after opportunity. Moves his feet. Maybe you see, you know, is that Oliver Wallstrom? I, I, don't, I don't think know. so. I don't, I don't either. So. Yep. Is that William DeFore? Sure I'm not sure he's a great fit. They're going to try it, but and you've got to. You've put so much time, effort, and when he was selected into a guy like Oliver Wallstrom, you've got to give him every opportunity to succeed because if things work well, you know what the potential can be. Oliver Wallstrom is a better – I think he's a better wing for a guy like Brock Nelson, as odd as that may sound. Yep. Well, we have a lot of – well, because, okay, Brock Nelson's not a special player. Just not. Solid. Solid. Does yeoman work? I mean, played the last couple of years. They've been really good. But he's – every team's got a Brock Nelson, if you know what I mean. Sure. Not every team has uh, Matt Barzell. Not every team has a Connor McDavid. Not every team has a uh, Connor Bedard. Not, not every team has, you know, uh, Kucherov. Not, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. They don't have a bunch of those guys but you have to have guys who work with them. You find out what their skill set is, and then you you augment them. With play. It doesn't have to be a star. It doesn't have to be a star. But it has to be someone whose style fits what they do. For Matt Barzell, you need somebody who can skate and goes to the net. Little give and go. That's Casey Zekas was great at it last year. Give the ball to Matty B. Keep skating. He knows he's going to get the puck back. I think J.G. Pajot could be that guy. Then, of course, you're going to have to find another center for the third line, right? Can Anders Lee play center on the third line? I mean, he used to be in center in, in uh, college, didn't he? I mean, I know, I, I don't, here's the thing I don't think he's capable of the defensive responsibilities on third line. But at some point in time, you got to mix it up a little bit. You, you just have to. You can't, you can't hamstring your top line who needs to be your, your, your needs to have the most offensive production out of any of your lines. You can't hamstring them with a guy who has a sit in front of the net style when Bo Horvat also has that. I'm able to play low towards the crease, redirect, and able to play make from there. You can't have two guys that do something similar to that. What you're doing is you're saying one of the talents and skills that Bo Horvat has, we're not going to utilize him to that and put another guy who has consistent movement, a guy who's going to go ahead and help play make, which is what they need as well. So, And for another, I, that's why I don't want Pierre Engvall on the first line either, is to me, he's more of a, a generator of offense just because of his skating ability. You can't have, at least I, I don't think we have enough of those players where we have two of them on the same line. I like, I mean, I like JG Pajot. I'd love to give him a shot on that first line. Why not? I don't think, I don't know if Brock Nelson fits there. You're going to have to take one of your centers and put him on the first line, in my opinion. Is well, it Paul Mary? No. 
Well, let's let's do this here, Grumpy, because I want to go ahead and start getting into some of these comments. I want to go ahead and read the ad we've got from today. Today's sponsor and today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw down five on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. The DraftKings and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with the promo code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Again, with promo code THPN. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net and your call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available if you have a gambling problem at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort there in Kansas City or in Kansas um, and a licensed partner of a Golden Nugget Lake, Charles. You must be 21 years or older and uh, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance and eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Nice job, TJ. I like it. There it is. I mean, I heard, I, I heard Ontario in there, which is that's a new city for you to pronounce. Nice job. Hey, Grumpy. Anthony Rizzi here, Grump. Says, gee, what a surprise. Palmieri is hurt already. What a waste. Okay, they say it's day-to-day, whatever. I don't but think it's serious. I, the whole thing is he's hurt again. He's 30-plus years old, 31, 32 whatever he is, who's hurt last year. Guys, as you get older, you tend to get hurt more. It's tougher to recover. Injuries last. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you from personal experience. The older you get, the tougher it is to come back from injuries. It's like, it's like, damn, another injury. Just tweak something. You tweak that. And these, these are, you know, you know, athletes. They're professional athletes. Something goes wrong and they're not at top level, they don't produce. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what his problem is. Of course, everything is a secret, but uh, hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. <laughs> I, I'll say this Kyle Palmieri, I don't expect this is going to be like a lingering injury or anything like that. But you're right. This is what you, when you have a team just in general that's full of older, in, that's full with older individuals, you're going to see, wow. Man, it doesn't seem like we're having like a few guys that are dealing with day-to-day injuries. They're struggling. You know, they're talking about how a guy's injured, but he's pushing through it. You see a lot more of that too as you get older. Maybe they don't miss exact time, but you're like, wow, why did this guy fall off the planet for 20 games? Because he's battling injury X, Y, and Z. And as you get older, those things pop up and they're and they're more prevalent there and they impede your play. JP Grumpy. Hello, gentlemen. Status quo is almost in uh, I'm not. I won't say invariable, inevitable at this point, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just looking forward to the hockey season. Me too. I'm excited to watch the season. Uh, I want to see the Connor Bedard kid play. I am interested to see how he looks. I certainly am. Absolutely. Did we, have any, 
in rookie camp, did we have anybody coming out and scoring a hat trick the first time they stepped on the ice? Did Matthew Maggio have a hat trick? No. No, no, he did not, Crumpy. Anthony Rizzi. Looking forward to hockey, just unfortunately, not so much Islanders hockey. Yeah. yeah. Rick Roma says, one day I hope to meet TJ. The first thing I'm going to do is say, give me your phone, and then read all his texts and look <laughs> through his pics. Totally normal way to get to know him. I think yeah. somebody, I think Rick Roma is still a little hot of the collar based off of based based off of the take there on, on Mike Babcock. Well, Rick, if you were my employer or boss, and you're like, hey, we're trying to go ahead and get players closer. I want to get to know a little about you. Do you have any pictures you could share from the summer? Be like, sure, let me send them to you. Sure, let me show them real quick on your phone. I don't give a shit. But if you, you know what I would say? Let's see, somebody could ask me that question. I said, I don't have any pictures on my phone. I got snapshots of AJ Malesko's hairdo or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Grumpy, going on Grumpy's phone is like, what the? F hey, I recorded a video, but it's like you can't hear any of the volume because I didn't understand that it was going to be not as loud when I hit record button as it sounded in my house. Stuff like that is what you're going to run across on Grumpy's phone. Um, but uh, Anthony Rizzi, Grumpy. I'm calling now. Paul Mary misses the first 40 games of the season. I don't, I don't, I, I, I can't see that being the case. How many years does he have left on his deal? Is it two more? I think it's two, right? Just, I mean, I don't know. I think it's two. It's not a four year deal. I think in two years, I think he's got two left. He's another guy I'm sure we're going to re up when he's 35. Wouldn't that just be freaking horrible? Yeah, he's got two years left, including this year. Yeah. I mean, Thomas Bach, grumpy old man. Gents, we all know what the Ross will be. That's the problem. Yep. It's a, it yep. is a problem, right? The no change. I, I, and I asked, the, I think I asked the question at the end of the show, and maybe I should, I should have done it earlier. What juice level did the Islanders have going into the season? Was it positive juice? Is it negative juice? Is it just, hey, the juice ran out the back of the container? I mean, I, what are people thinking? Are they are they geeked up for the season? Do they think it's going to be a disaster? They just think it's going to be meh. We're, just, we're Islander fans, and hey, this that's what we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays. We watch the Islanders. I mean, you know. and on Wednesdays and Saturdays we watch the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. <laughs> it's a trend. Yeah. Well, no, that now <laughs> that's exciting. That's the exciting. Thing. That's an everyday thing. That's an everyday thing for Islander fans right. every time. Um, you know, to, to answer your question, though, I think the poll that they did in the athletic tells you where the juice level is for the Islanders. Islander fans feel an overwhelming majority. So you're talking about over 70% of Islander fans feel less confident this year than they did last year, which means I think a lot of people last year bought into the excuse train. Or last year, they were buying in two years ago's performance where we didn't make the playoffs that, oh, it was because of COVID. Oh, it was because we played 13 games on the road or 10 games on the road or 11, whatever the hell the number was, games on the road to start the season. Oh, 13. no. Was it 13? 13, I believe. Gotcha. We played 13 games on the road to start the season. That's why we didn't make the playoffs. Oh, it was because they changed up the way protein powder after 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 workouts, team workout, whatever excuse it was, they were listing a million of them. I think people were more receptive to buy into that two years ago. And this last year, they're like, oh, man, we barely skated into the playoffs on a wild card pitcher. But 
in the past when we've done that, we've made headway and we've made headway in the playoffs. We've made it to Eastern Conference Finals. This year, we play against a team that we never beat, that we're 16 losses to in our last 20 times playing them, the Carolina Hurricanes, and undoubtedly, we lost to them exactly like we knew we would. I think you're banged up. Yeah. Banged up. Missing the starting goalie, missing forwards there from the group. Absolutely, they're banged up. And I think that's why you're seeing that we rolled the same exact team back that we had at the end of the year that lost and six against the Carolina Hurricanes. We rolled that back for the same roster for opening night, probably or very similar. I think that's why there's that juice level is lower for the Islanders. I agree. I just, uh, when there's no change at all and your team isn't very good, I just think it depresses the fan base a little bit. Yep. It's hard to say, nope, this team is great. We're going on to do great things. The majority of the players are in their 30s. And it's like uh, we don't score. We're not fun to watch. We got the goalie. We got Matt Barzell. Brock Nelson scores some goals. I, I will say to the defense, at least, of of the Islanders organization, Fans always want new things every yeah. year. They want in the offseason, they want you to make moves. What a shock because usually fans fans go ahead and conflate making moves always with we're trying to help, we're trying to progress a team in a certain direction. When you take every single offseason, you don't make any moves. I think they start to see that over time and like, well, hold on, what the fuck? We're not making any moves all these offseasons. We have pretty much the same team here every year. What would you say the Islanders' direction is at this point? I let me. I honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this to clarify: the direction, what the fans perceive the direction is, what we perceive that what the direction is, or what the organization perceives the direction is. Give me all three. All Give me all three. The organization perceives our direction is: we think that we can make more playoff appearances, and anything can happen. That is the absolute death knell to Islander fans in this organization is that anything that can happen, we made it to back the cat back Eastern conference finals. If Sorokin just gets hot, we might be able to make the playoffs. We might be able to make a Stanley cup finals. Look at what happened last year with the Florida Panthers. That's the way that the organization thinks. Don't the you think, the fan base, oh, go ahead. Don't you think the fan base is bought into that? Yes. I think the fan base. Absolutely. Some of the fan base has, I think now, well, I think the fan base is bought into anything can happen. Bullshit. That's what the fan base is bought into. And Again, I just I implore fans that are bought in that way and thinking that way. If you're listening to the show, let me ask you a question. If you're going into a business proposal and you're like, man, we haven't sealed a lot of business proposals in a long time, like since 1982. Was that his last time the Islanders won a cup? Was it 82 or 83? 1983. I'm sorry, 83. We haven't sealed a big business proposal, you know, in, in Islander in a, a hockey year is 83. Let's say we haven't sealed a big business proposal in a few months. It'd be really nice to seal a big one. We haven't won ourselves a Stanley Cup since 1983. Man, it would be nice to feel. I don't like if I'm going into a business business proposal, I'm not saying, oh, baby, I'm feeling confident, guys. Anything can happen in this business proposal. Maybe we're going to seal some business, guys. Anything can happen. You shouldn't feel comfortable and confident like that for your team as you enter the playoffs to say, hey, guys, anything can happen. That is such a shitty approach to take. And you know if you're saying that, all you're trying to do is you mask your actual feelings because you're just letting your heart bleed out over what your brain's thinking. Okay, but don't you think it's at, in a certain way 
when you've seen the Islanders with lesser talent than the teams that they've beaten in the playoffs in recent memory and getting to the Stanley Cup semifinals, well, that's anything can happen. I mean, I think that's where it comes from when you have lesser talent and, you know, hey, if Tampa Bay hadn't, you know, done this or done that, we would have won the Stanley Cup. I mean, you know. I I understand that. I understand that, yeah. Okay. And now what is your thinking of the direction of the team? Well, I want to just at least talk about we have been a team of lesser talent before that has beaten more talented teams on paper, and that's what we did. All the time, I feel like on our on our playoff runs, we also had a different head coach. And as much as we gave Barry Trotz, um, I'd say criticism. And at the time period, and still I agree, it was just criticism. Lane Lambert's not as good as a coach as, as Barry Trotz. I don't think no. there's anything wrong with that. It's just now going to be a second year coaching in the NHL. A guy who's been a veteran that's coached for 20 plus years is going to have a few more contacts and roll decks. He's going to have a few more tricks in the old book as well. And Lane Lambert is not going to be as skilled just because he doesn't have as much experience. This is his second year on the job. So we don't have a Barry Trotz in the playoffs like we've had in years past. Simple. So what is my opinion on where the team is headed? The team is on the, the treadmill of mediocrity, and that is the worst place for any team and fan base to be. You have no direction. We're completely directionless. The organization thinks that we're striving for something, but in reality, by adding more and more pieces, by continuing to trade away draft picks, by continuing to gut our team's future, we say, well, we're getting the same result, barely keeping our head above water to breathe a playoff appearance every once in a while while we continue to gut any sort of future the team has. And what's going to happen is we're going to really bottom out and it's going to be bad. So that's the way I think the team is headed. Is that's why when I see things like maybe William DeFore can skate, that gives me a little glimmer of hope. Okay, great. Did we find a diamond in the rough that could be part of the team's maybe future? I like seeing stuff like that. Okay, that's I, up, I want to. I mean, I assume you probably agree on the majority of the points, but what do you disagree with? Let me ask you that with those takes. I, I think that the direction that the ownership wants the team to go in like you mentioned, is just to put fannies in seats, hopefully get into playoffs, make some playoff money. Yeah. That's that's what I think it's about. Um, for fans, I totally understand why a certain segment of the fan base believes that, oh, yeah, if we just get in the playoffs, anything can happen. That's a that's a Phil thing too, right? I mean, that, that, that's the way, but that's the way a lot of fans feel. Why do they feel that way? Because they haven't seen a team that's been a perpetually good team for a lot, a lot of years. This is like the glory days for a lot of fans these last four or five years. Oh, the glory days. Yeah. They're not, of course. But for Islander fans, they are. Because the Islanders have been a a cellar dweller for years and years and years and years. After the first great run, we've been like a, a nomadic tribe just out there, just treading water, trying to stay alive, digging holes in the dirt to get water just to survive till the next day. John Sim, Marius Tchaikovsky. We're like Moses traveling in the desert, living off of manna. 40 years. 40 plus years now. It's been longer, actually, Grump. And it's like, okay, I understand that, but someone who's actually seen the glory days, these are not glory days. Yeah. And 
if your glory days are two Eastern Conference finals, is that really a glory day? I don't think so. I mean, but I understand why certain a certain segment of the fan base feels like that. I really do. I just and sometimes we come off as harsh when we say because we don't understand me in particular, I've polluted your thinking over time. But me in particular, it's like I'm like, dudes, this is not it. And I feel bad, you know, sometimes I shouldn't do that, but you know what? It's the beginning of the season. I'm gonna to try to be positive until the Islanders give me something to be negative about. How about that? Is that fair? Okay, that's fair. I here's the thing. I am positive about certain aspects. Oh, I will be excited to see the young playoffs. That much I can tell you. Was that I can't hear you when you talk at the same time? That's what you're saying. I'm positive that we're gonna suck and I'm make the playoffs. I'm positive of that one though. <laughs> I am positive. I am I am I am happy and positive to see what do some of these younger guys look like? I think the four, if he could skate at an adequate enough level, that's a guy maybe who can make an impact one day. That's good to see. Okay. Like I said, but he's like He's not. He's. A, I mean, he's a ham and egger. Matthew Maggio. I'm excited to see what has Noah Dobson brought to his game. How much has he improved this summer? He does feel that he can bring more of an offensive. He can. He hasn't scratched or he's. He, there's another step he can take offensively. He's just scratching his surface there regarding right. his offensive acumen. Sure, like those are the type of things you want. You ask, what am I excited about? I do have things I'm excited about, but. A lot of those have to go right to mask some of the other deficiencies and pitfalls that we have, and I feel like we might encounter. So I'm happy to see what does Noah Dobson additionally bring to the table. Are we going to see the Alexander Romanoff for the second half of the year or the first half of the year? Is Alexander Romanoff with a year under the Islander system, with you know a full year with playing with Islander teammates, is he going to be more positionally responsible? Right, I feel like if he was more positionally responsible, he could be a really solid defensive defenseman. Is he going to do that? You know, like those are the questions that I have, and I think that they can do that. I, it's like with some of these younger players, it's not like they're old dogs you can't teach new tricks to. So I feel confident that maybe they can. But what's the likelihood that all of these things that we're looking for happen? I'm not saying all of them have to, but for us to be a really good team, all of them have to. You can be a team that scratches and makes its way into the playoffs. Not all of them have to happen, but if you want to be a team that has a real was a real contender, all of these all of these scenarios have to align. I just don't think we have enough talent to be a contender. I've never, I but I've never felt that. I think our fo- a lack of forward talent definitely hampers us from being a real contender. I agree with that. You know, one thing that I'm wondering about is how we start the year. Are we going to be? buttoned up defensively, grind it out like we were under Barry Trotz. And then how does that play out over 82 games? Yep. That's the other question I had because we had said, right, the year that that we didn't make the playoffs, the last full season, right? You looked at it was a few COVID years, truncated years where they're shortened schedules. You can play Barry Trotz's style and system the same way we had played at the end of last year was more of a defensive heavy system. You can play that over a 40 or a 50 game stretch. You can. You can't do that over an 82 game stretch, then proceed to carry that over into the postseason when your team is older. It's really freaking tough. So now that's another question that looms in the back of my head, too. The last time we tried to do this Barry Trotz style system for a full 82 game season, we didn't make the postseason. We were miserable. That was the last year under Barry Trotz. What if we try to do that again for a full year? Last year, we did half the year high-flying offensive, you know, heavy forecheck, half the year Barry Trot style. 
Are we going to start the entire year? If we do a whole year Barry Trotz, I think you know, undoubtedly we'll start the year well. And I think towards the middle and the tail end of the season, we're just going to be running out of gas. And another thing that you remember is we really ran out of gas at the end of those, even the, the COVID years. We ran out of gas at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, particularly that first year where we made the, the playoff run. We'd lost seven games in a row. We were not going to make playoffs. Mm. And we ran out of gas. I mean, uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I think I think that's uh, that's the one thing I'm interested. In. And then, of course, it's like, well, can the new guys you brought in can they play that style? Is that Pierre Engvall's style? Is that Bo Horvat's style? Because then you're realistically looking. Okay, well, Bo Horvat's going to be what a fifty point a year player. Are those guys you need to pay him eight and a half million dollars a year? No. I mean, just. I just wish that there was some something else, something else. Well, let's let's give out some more comments here. JP said Ishikov should be playing. I don't care if he's Matt's N- Naslin's evil twin. Um, I don't think was, I don't think he's ever going to get a realistic shot with the Islanders. Wow, what the hell? Can you hear me, Grump? Yes, I can. What were you saying? I apologize. My damn. I, 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 I just I just don't think he's ever going to go to a realistic shot with the Islanders. He's shorter. He's not fast. He's got quickness. He might be a 4A, uh, like a 4A player. A guy who's too good for the AHL, but not ready. You know, not AAA. Uh, too good for AAA, but not good enough for Major League Baseball. You know, same type thing. He might be one of those in-between guys. Don't How do you know. know if him a chance? Well, that's my whole point. But we've done that in the past with guys, right? Yep. Go, remember Goloshev? Yep. Same thing. Never, you got to give a guy a shot at some point in time. And I'm not saying two games or ten minutes, ten minutes a night. Give him a little bit of run. I realize that's not what teams of contention do. I don't feel we're a team of contention. Yep, I don't disagree here. Uh, next comment here by Anthony Rizzi Grump. It has to be Wally on the first line with Horvat and Barzal. You have a playmaker in Barzal, Wally the shooter, and Horvat the jack of all trades. My only concern is. Does uh, Wallstrom skate enough and move his feet enough, or is he a stagnant player? Some guys are like that. Barnell, Barzell, these guys who skate, you can get away with Horvat, but I don't think you have two guys like that on the same line. Not with him. John Smith says the four is Wallstrom 2.0. He won't be on the big club anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any chance for any of the young guys to be on the opening night lineup. None. Mr. James Man says here, I think they want to see Ichikov be more consistent. He disappeared for long stretches last year. Okay. Kind of like the kind of like the Islanders roster in general. So, I mean, we've got guys who do the same exact stuff where they disappear for long stretches. Absolutely. So, gotcha. And I, we don't watch any Bridgeport games. So, watching the preseason games is like what we're going. <laughs> That that's our dose of Bridgeport for the year. Yes. So, um, uh, Wade Flaherty Grumpy says uh, we need to we need speed on this team. Give some of the younger guys a chance. The only problem is our young guys aren't that good. We we don't have much of a farm system. Certainly not, not speed demons down there. Durando's got wheels. I mean, we like him, but you know he's uh, how old is he now? Twenty five. I mean, he's up oh, there. Oh, Miranda's not 25. 24? Oh, I mean, it's like 22. Let me see here. No, he's absolutely not 22. I think he's 24 or 25. 24. He, wow. 24. Damn. 
He's 24. He'll be 25 mid-season. There you go. 24-25. So, you know, when you – like I said, when I watched the Bridgeport team live, they didn't have much jump. They just didn't. They did not seem like a, a team that had a lot of speed. It mirrors the, the pro club. It mirrors the, you know, the big team. Just not great skaters. I don't think – but I think in recent years – We've been trying to change that in the draft. But those guys aren't ready. I mean, think about it. How, when you're not picking in the first round, second rounders take usually, what, three, four years before they're ready to possibly contribute? I mean, that's what we're looking at three to four years from now. You know, the odd thing is I remember that draft. That was the Robin. I'm looking at it. That was the Robin Sallow draft. Oh, yeah. My God, I, I could not believe he's 24 years old. Wow. Okay. And then we got guys like Robin Sallow, who was a hero of the people and did not look out of place, honestly. And he just, that's it. I don't know what he did, but whatever he did, he's dead to the organization now. That's problematic for me, too. That's the old man. That's the old man for certain. Hmm. Um, let's continue along here, Grumpy. Uh, Andrew L. says here, Notre Dame and Ohio State is tied right now, Grumpy. Not that you didn't know that already. I did that's not right. know that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Grumpy, hold on. What shirt are you wearing there, Grumpy? Hold on. I'll wait. I'll wait. What shirt are you wearing there, Grumpy? Uh, hey, Josh Bailey shirt. I I don't get to wear it again on the show. It's the last time. You, yeah, there's Dallas McDonald. He says, oh, by the way, my wife was not too happy about your Bailey bashing again on Wednesday, Grumpy. Well, Dallas, he did. he's trying to make amends here. He's wearing his, hey, Josh Bailey That's shirt. right. That's right. There it is. So that's thank. There it is, Grumpy. Grumpy's trying to make friends. He's trying to thank play. You your, thank you for your service, Josh Bailey. Good luck with your future endeavors. <laughs> JP, that's it. Are these geniuses watching and assessing his skating before, with or without the puck? No. Well, it sounds like in drills. Without the puck in drills. So like you're skating side to side. Well, here's the thing, right? That does carry over. How much jump do you have? How much explosion out of stops do you have? That type of stuff carries over. But that's why I think it's, you know, it's it's at least a welcoming sign that the guy whose biggest deficiency was his ability to skate. That's something that he seems to have addressed and will continue to address. That's good. That's reassuring to hear for now and in the future. See, I'm interested to see him play in an exhibition games. That's what I want to see from him. How yes. is he, how is, has his skating improved in action against other teams? Like I said, it's one thing to look fast fast against the Islanders, but what happens when you play against a team like the Rangers or, you know, the Devils or, you know, sure. any other teams that can skate? But here's sure. the thing. If he could just be an average skater, he could have a shot at making uh, playing on the team sometime. Sure. Yep, and that's that's the thing, right? You just want to be able to make sure some of these guys you're drafting can have maybe an impact. And you're drafting a guy in the fifth or the sixth round. If he's able to play a middle six role, that's a successful selection. Even if he's playing on the fourth line, you draft a guy in the fifth or the sixth round, and he plays on the fourth line for a long time. That's a successful selection. Um, yep. So, you know, you talk when about hitting on picks. When you're picking at anyone in the later rounds, there's going to be warts to those players. Yes. The one thing that you can't tell is the heart of a player. You can't tell which who's going to who's going to be the guy who has a work ethic and wants to get better. Some guys have it, some guys don't. And that's in all sports. Right? Yep. Greatest greatest football player of all time. No one could measure the heart. Okay? Oh, 
Bobby Nystrom. Bobby Nystrom. No one could measure his heart. Gary Howard. Heart. All heart. Bobby Nystrom, I don't even think he knew how to lace up skates when he came to the Islanders. He was such a poor skater. He worked every offseason, I believe, with Laura Stam, yep. who was a, a power coach. Right, a power skating coach. And he was an acceptable skater. But you know what he had? He had that will and that drive. Always, always, till the last game that he played. Never took – and he didn't take shifts off. He, he's a guy who knew. Man, I got to give it every night. And I'm going to give credit to Zach Parise. Zach Parise at the end didn't have the juice anymore. Everyone knows I was against signing him. But here's the thing. He you were wrong me. on that one, Grumpy. He absolutely proved me wrong. You know, Here's the thing. He skated till the wheels fell off. That's why he disappeared halfway through the season every year. Just couldn't do it. He needed to get revitalized. Yeah. I mean, you can't – heart is something you can't teach. And that's important. But everybody that you're drafting in low rounds, they all have issues, whatever it is. Braden Point, a lousy skater in juniors. Lousy. That's why he slipped to the third round. I mean, but what did he do? He worked and worked and worked at it. He's a good skater now. Really good. I, I, I'm about to say, yeah, if you – skating is usually one of the toughest things to address and to improve on. Right, if you have the ability to skate, you can refine other skills. They're more practicable skills. But it's like footwork with an offensive lineman. You know, you either have good feet usually or you don't. You can improve them, and some people have the ability to improve them more than others. But a lot of times, if a guy just doesn't skate well, no matter how much work, he's always going to be a shitty skater. He can improve a little bit, but not too much. But it looks like the William DeFore kids skating maybe continues to increase and increase. It makes me think for a guy who's 21 years old or 22 years old, he maybe has a little bit more he can improve that skating too. That's that's something I'm optimistic about. Um, got here a comment here from Bed and Blanket Grumpy. My wife and my belief in this team left me last year. The team being shit is more of a letdown. Well, be ready for more pain. I don't know if you're the bed or the blanket. It doesn't matter. Just be ready to be disappointed again this year. I don't I, – I guess my issue with the Islanders is, is they weren't good enough last year, not even close to being good enough last year, and they rolled the same team back. And whatever financial flexibility they might have had, they just tossed it away by signing everybody to long-term deals as opposed to one-year deals. Did you really need to sign Varlamov to more than a one-year deal? No. Did you really need to sign – all right, maybe Mayfield, but why are you giving a 31-year-old, a, a not a fleet of foot defenseman, a seven-year contract? He's a bottom-pairing guy. Even Pierre Engvall, did he deserve a seven-year contract extension? You give him something that's a fair offer, and if they want it, great. If not, you move on. I just think sometimes – this particular ownership group or uh, the GM just falls in love with certain guys, and it's like we can't think outside the box. It's frustrating. Yeah. Got a comment here from Michael T. Grumpy. Bobby Nyson was a very bad skater. Yep, we just addressed it until yep. he took lessons. Yep. Anthony, Anthony Ritz said, I think what happens is regardless of how the rookies do, none of them will be on the NHL roster. I think if we have, and we will, have another bad year. I think Lou and whoever we will get rid of the, a few vets. It's who there's only two guys out of contract. That's 
uh, Martin and Clutterbuck, everyone else has like a no move clause. And it's, it's like, that's why you don't sign guys in their 30s to long-term deals. And we just do it over and over and over again. It's why Jersey was so bad at the end when Lamarillo was there. Did the same shit. Toronto, they were smart enough after he was like, nah, nah, old man, you're not in charge of any of that shit anymore. We got a little office up there for the top. Just stare out the window. Feed the pigeons. I mean, that's what it was like in Toronto for him. Um, I mean, just not cut out for Sally Cap here. He's just not. John Smith said, who are we kidding? Lee's going to be on the first line left wing. Oh, yeah. In all likelihood, that probably is the case. I just We talk about the point of optimism. I'm at a point where I have optimism. Maybe, just maybe something might change. But uh, it's probably foolish optimism. And, uh, you know, it's going to be hampered in just a matter of three weeks. Um, Benton Blanket says Horvat and Anders Lee are going to be battling themselves in front of the net. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, that's not it. Johnny A says, Captain Average is that square jaw in a round hole. Very nice analogy. <laughs> and then bed and blanket here, Grump. I think they deal Wallstrom for a third-round pick this year. No, no. What they'll do is they'll trade a first-round pick, Wallstrom, and something else for some ham and egger veteran in a desperate chase to squeak into the last playoff spot. That, that's what they'll wind up doing, unfortunately. That's what's going to wind up happening. I hope not. I, I don't think Wallstrom has a shot on this team. He has to come out flying right at the get-go. If he doesn't, he won't. He won't. He'll either produce this year or he'll be gone at the deadline. That's my prediction for him. Mm, I agree. He if he doesn't produce, they will be shopping his ass along with a first-round pick and what other whatever other gambit of prospects we have for somebody that makes an immediate impact that is past their peak. He's a he's a throw-in on a deal. Yep. If he doesn't perform. Yeah. Yep. So short leash, very short leash for a guy like Oliver Wallstrom here. Matthew S here, Grumpy says, fire TJ, hire me. Dallas says here, it's training camp. All there is to talk about is practice. That's right. That's right. Let him know. Let Grumpy know, Dallas. Michael T here, Grumpy. So on the top line, who is the center and who is the winger between Barzell and Horvat? Horvat's the center, Barzell's the winger. And yes. which wing does either of them play on? Um uh, Matty B is the right way. I will mention this. They and Stefan Rosner tweeted about this. It looks like a few times in transition, they're running Matt Barzal at the left wing spot. And so, like, I, I think it's fluid as to they're trying to get some exposure maybe to Matty B so they have flexibility. Or, hey, if we need Matt Barzal to switch from wing to wing, he can do that. You have, you're going to find another winger who could do the same thing that that's not Anders Lee. That's not Anders Lee. Wallstrom has done it in the past. He's played the off wing. I mean, uh, we're going to need to find somebody who can skate. If they're going to do that where they're switching wings and you got to have good feet. I, I, I mean, maybe Pajot. I, I'm I'm willing to give Pajot a shot. I mean, Wallstrom, I think, should be the first shot, but Pajot well, is switching. This, I mean, Matt Barzal does have good feet. It's, I think he could switch. No, I'm talking about the other wing has to have good feet. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do to address that. We've talked about what they should do. We're going to find out real soon what they are going to do. D-Cut says here, the Rangers aren't as young as you think. Only three forwards under the age of 30 years old in the top 12 this season for this season when this season begins. Um, okay, that's true. That's true. They don't have any anybody between 24 and 30. And But they got their young wingers are good. I mean, I know 
Phil poo-poos them, but Lafreniere's a good winger. Heedle, um, Kako, those guys all doubled their point production for over year over year last year. They're all like 21, 22. I mean, they're young. They're young. That's what you want from your players. They cut their teeth on the third line. Now they're ready to step up. You've seen that development from them. And so what are they doing to make sure that they get more ice time where they belong on the first couple of wings, on the first couple of lines? They're moving them. Lafreniere moving them from the left to the right because they got Krieger and um, and uh, Panarin over there. Kreider, I'm sorry. Yeah. Kreider and Panarin. So you move uh, you move uh, Lafreniere to, to a right wing. I think it's a great idea that maybe you have some other young guy come in and fill in on the third line. I mean, that's the way you should do it. The kid's got talent, and I thought he improved. He looked really good. I thought he looked much better at the end of the year than the beginning. Same thing with Kako, and I've always liked Heedle. Got a comment here from Wade Flaherty there, Grump. Unfortunately, I have to agree with you, Grump, on the Rangers making the playoffs. They have a ton of homegrown young, homegrown young talent and the best goal in the NHL. Well, if he's not the best, he's certainly top what? All right, three. let's say top three, but let's say certainly top five in the league any way you look at it. Sure, sure. Um, got a comment here from Decut Grump. Not one player had a career year playing with Barzell. He doesn't make players better. I won't disagree with you, but the players that have been playing with him are not a fit for what he does. They just stand around. They're statues. Need guys who skate. If you put him on a team, you know you know another team he'd be great on? Carolina. He'd be tremendous with Carolina because all those guys move. Every single one of them move. I think he would be – I think he'd be exceptional on a few teams. The thing yeah. with him, though, is – if you don't play his style, you're not going to – he's – he plays his style, and if you don't play his style, he's not bending to play, make other players better. That is true. I 100% agree with that. Over time, we've seen that time and time again. You have to play Matt Barzal style in order to maximize what Matt Barzal does in order to maximize your production too. If you don't, when Matt has got the puck, he's going to do whatever the hell he does, and if you're not moving, if you don't have active feet, if you're not continually trying to find the soft spots there in the coverage – you're going to see that, oh, shit, I'm not doing so hot. And neither is Matt Barzell. So should you've got to play his style. Should Matt Barzell have to dumb his game down? I don't no. think so, no. That's the front office's job is to get players that match his talent. You don't dumb down a talented player to fit the ham and eggers. You replace the ham and eggers with higher skilled players who work with your stars. That's what you should do. That's why I. That's why Deacon, No, uh, I. That's why I kind of disagree with you. It's not his fault that those guys can't keep up. It's just not. Yep. Again, if he was playing on a team like Edmonton, playing on a team like Vancouver, playing on a team that had more of a high, fly, high flying offensive style, Caroline. he'd be putting up points in droves, and that wouldn't, and that would not, and that would never come up in conversation. But it's because we play with this team, because he has the linemates he has, you don't see as much production because they don't find the right consortment of players to put on his line. Would, every, would you like everybody to be able to say, hey, he's malleable. He's able to make everybody better. He could play this style or that style, and you see success in it. Sure, that would be nice, but the, the honest truth is there's only a handful of players in the league that do stuff like that. 
our guy has extremely talented ability to skate. He's got an extremely talented ability to distribute the puck. He's got extremely talented edges. He's got great stick handling ability. He's got great offensive vision and acumen. If you're not doing something to complement that, you're going to see it's like, oh, we're doing something so great. And, oh, we just get into the final bit and we just never convert. He's just If you, if you just stand around, you're not going to get the puck. Yeah. Nick T says here, Grumpy TJ and Sunex in the background. How are you guys doing today? Um, what do you say, TJ? Tonight uh, is is a good night for a call-in show. Uh, we we might do a call-in show before the season starts. We won't do one tonight, but I'm thinking we'll do one before maybe the season starts to do a call-in show, and it'll be kind of like just talking to talking to the listeners to show of what they think the expectation is for this year. And you know, we'll we'll pose a question, but I think we will do a call-in show before the season starts. But yeah, absolutely, Nick. Thank you. And then uh, Decut says here, uh, Wallstrom will be playing in Europe in three years. I told you, he and Bellos would be bums. And as always, I'm right. Ah, Decut, Decut. If only, if only, you were always right. Um, I don't think Wallstrom, this is a big year for Wallstrom. Let's see what he does. Um, Matthew S. says, I'm very meh about the start of the season. Um, but Jack T saying, hey, Buxers, I can't wait for the season to start. So, again, you get a good mix. Some people are really excited. Some people are kind of a little apprehensive. They're like, oh, I'm not sure what to think yet. As the season gets close, like I said, I'm excited for the preseason. Why? I get to see if the young kids can play at all. Sure. I mean, that, that's what I'm excited about. I know the product we're going to see once the Islanders start the season. Got to get off to a fast start this year, though. For certain. Um, got, a comment from Michael T. got a comment from Michael T there, Grump. I think most hockey people, and of course Islander fans, are curious to see what a Horvat can be on the Islanders for a full year. Does he resort back to the player he's always been, which is like 50, 55 points a year, or is he more like the guy – who put up better numbers in this contract year? Mm. We're going to find out. I just listened to some of the contact, uh, some of his conversations and uh, comments, and it's like he screams to me the guy who he was most of his career, not his contract year. Yep, absolutely. I got a comment here from Goon Goon Grump. At what point will the Islanders peak? That was a few years ago. At what point will the Islanders spring a leak? That's already happened. So we're like the Titanic. We've just hit the iceberg with the re-signing of Varlamov and uh, Mayfield and Engvall to long-term deals, and but no one's really concerned yet. Contrary, uh, some to of the people are. Let me finish my Titanic reference, please. So you know they we've tore out the bottom, gutted the farm system, aka all those bulkheads, and you know, but hey, there's some ice on the deck. Let's throw ice on the deck, the first-class passage. Everyone's kind of clueless. That's where we kind of are now. Actually, a little bit more serious now. The boat's starting to list a little bit. Last year, when I told you, that's when it was over. That's when it was the beginning of the end. Your connection, I apologize. Your connection was kind of going in and out on my side, so I thought you had stopped talking. I was about to say, contrary to popular belief, it took the Titanic a long damn time to actually sink. So Two and a half hours. That's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. The, the, as soon as you hit there, it's not immediate. Once you hit the peak and it's like, oh, things are starting to go bad, it's not immediate that things go immediately downhill. But it's one of those things where you could start to see the signs. We're already starting to tip a little bit. Uh oh, wow. We're starting to, we're starting to tip a little bit. We're and guess what? When, when that thing goes ahead and sinks and starts on its ways down, it's catastrophic the aftermath and that's that's what we're going to see that's how it applies to the Islanders, titanic like <laughs> and they were shooting up 
they were shooting up the flares, and the, TJ and the grumpy old man were shooting up flares, and uh, the rest of the fan base is, oh, look at the fireworks off in the distance. Why are they shooting up fireworks? That's what it's like. <laughs> the Carpathia is looking over and saying, why are we doing that? Why are they doing that? TJ Florenzi says here, don't it's understand. Florence, not Florenzi. It's Florence. There's no I Frenzy. on the end. Frenzy. Don't understand the Julian Gauthier hype. As someone who's watched him the past few years, he's a poor man's Pierre Engvall. Yikes. And that's not saying a lot at all. His only strength is his skating. Yeah, I don't expect much of anything from him. The hype has been completely fabricated. The hype has been completely, I wouldn't say fabricated. The hype has been completely put forward by Phil's facts. A guy who lives in Toronto. <laughs> he's been the one. He's been the one who I think has been hyping him the most. And he's just troll. Phil's just a troll. He's trolling. Anytime I see him say stuff like, this is a cornerstone piece of our future, he's just trolling. That's all it is. And now the sad thing is some of the fans are like, oh, yeah, gotcha. He is going to be great for us. So he's going to be a healthy scratch who maybe plays when somebody gets injured. That's it. Michael T. Michael T says, so, TJ, let me get this straight. If we can't have anything can happen feeling, should we just throw in the towel and effort feeling? No, what we should what we should do to answer your question there, Michael, we should structure the team to where we could say, I feel confident that this team in the business meeting, I would rather be I rather have because we put enough work in on the front end. We've got whatever proposal we've got. We know exactly how it applies to the need of the client. We should have something where we say, man. I feel really confident that we're going to go ahead and seal this deal. It's not when we walk in, we say, oh, anything can happen, guys. We should structure the team where we feel confident every single year where we say, this team competes for a Stanley Cup. This team has what it takes. I feel confident in this team. That's the way the fan base should feel, I think. I agree. I just don't think that that's possible right now. It's not. It's not until you restructure how the team is shaped, and we can't do that now because of the signings that we've made. So, True. yeah, we were shooting off flares, and people are thinking we're having a party and, and shooting off fireworks in the middle of the ocean. Uh, state of survival, Grump. I'd like to see a power play one of Nelson, Horvat, Barzell, Dobson, and Aho keep spreading the suck between the power play one and power play two. That's a terrible power play unit. I can't see that at all. I, I can't see that. I can't see that unit at all. Not at all. So I will. That that I, that that power play one is not going to survive. Your internet is all laggy. I see, like you, like your math moves for a bit, and then your voice comes out. Maybe, hopefully, I'm the only person who's seen it. Maybe it's on my side. Um, but uh, yeah, for uh, we we talked about it. I think Andy Francis did a great job of addressing how we go ahead and fix the power play. And the holes that are in it, we need to put Mapar's all on the right hand side where he's able to feed those passes to guys who are right handed shots. So we have prime opportunity to put the puck in the back of net for one time opportunities. We don't have a lot of one time opportunities because we don't have the power play set up right. So Andy, Andy addressed it. I'm like, holy shit! It, it's hard to believe how much sense this makes, and that we've never even attempted this for the team. The team's never attempted something like this. It's almost right. impossible to believe. I also don't think we have the talent. That that you know, having more talent obviously helps. Jack T says here, um, I want to know what kind of leash is this power play going to have? How many games? Yeah, that's it's not that's not going to be a unit. 
he was just responding to state of survival. No, no, no. no. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, regarding the power play, how long of a leash does it have until we start changing shit up drastically? I think that is an apt question by Jack. Okay. I don't think that's what he was saying, but I'll pose the question. Okay. I, I mean, you should be trying everything in the preseason. When you're 31st, something else has to happen. No, right? no, no. I mean, if you have, we're going to run up our power play like this. Let's say we don't have production from our power play early. How long do you give it of a leash before you start trying to mix and match things? Five games. Okay, I was about to say 10, but five games, okay. Last year was a disaster. You want to go 10 games of more disaster? Some point in time, you. I mean, they kept the power play coach. I don't know how you do that. They made no changes to the coaching staff, no changes to the personnel, no changes at all I, to a team that squeaked into the playoffs because they played a bunch of shitty teams at the end of the year. Okay. Gungu says, sad fact, when we used the chant 1940 at those sad sacks in 1980, it was 40 years since they won the Cup. This year marked 40 years since the Stanley Cup was spotted at the Holy Land of Nassau Coliseum. Very true. But here's the thing. 1983 doesn't have the same rhythmic tone as 1940. 1940. Yeah. Uh, state of survival here, Grumpy. I heard DeFore made great, no pun intended, great strides with his skating. He's beating everyone in short skating drills, long distance. He's now average speed. We're gonna hey, find I like out. to see that. I like. Let's to see. see that. It, let's see if it, uh, drills are one thing. Let's how it translate when they put the pads on and they're going against live bodies. Sure. Uh, D Cut says TJ is excited about the thirty-second ranked prospect pool and a borderline NHL player in mm -hmm. Dobson. <laughs> now D Cut's just trolling. Uh, if Dobson if Dobson was in Vancouver, he'd score thirty goals. I'm not sure about that, but I think he'd easily have twenty. Um, Tony Cheese, Grumpy. We're going to need to send a wellness check to Drew's house. Yeah, no Drew today. Goon Goon here, Grumpy. I spotted a photo of Bailey sporting his new uniform today. TJ, can you locate the photographic proof? Or is this yes. too much of a spoof? I will pull that up here. Absolutely. Um, and uh, another comment here for you, Grumpy. Goon Goon, I'll let you address this. Well, as topic that the Jets finally beat the Patriots tomorrow. Well, they snatch defeat from the jaws of victory once again. It's going to be like terrible weather up there. Uh, the Jets' defense is really good. Uh, Dwayne Brown, one of their off, but their offensive line is horrific. Uh, by the way, I did send TJ a clip of Makai Becton blocking in McDonald's. Never looked better. Um, uh, Dwayne Brown is out, which is problematic for them. I think whichever team can run the ball is going to win. That's 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 my thing. It's going to be low scoring. 10-3, 10-7, something like that. How odd does this look, Grumpy? And I'll Looks zoom out here a little bit. I can't believe they even gave him a jersey. Or did they just Photoshop his head in somebody else's body? There he is, Josh Bailey. It looks so weird in an Ottawa Senators jersey, doesn't he? Good for him. I, I hope he makes the Senators. How about that? I hope he does, too. Nothing. I nothing don't think he didn't want him on the Islanders. Yep. Absolutely, Grumpy. Absolutely. Um, Scott Harris, Grump. Grumpy, good championship baseball match with you so far. I'm trying to come back. Go Islanders. I hope you lose, Scott. No offense. Oh, I've had a lot of guys who have uh, had shorts. Uh, it, it's been a tough week. My team should be doing better. Next week should be better for me. 
Oh, gosh, here. Uh, D-Cut says here, Matt Barzal gives us another 65-point season. Or, I guess, does Matt Barzal give us another 65-point season for his $9.125 million cap hit? What style are we playing? That's the key. What style are we playing? If I we're going to play the, plus. If we're going to play the let's grind it style, just play defense and counterattack, that's that's one thing. But if you know if we're going to open it up a little bit, he'll put up more points. I feel. Here you go, um, Frank K. Grumpy says Lou did a masterful job of depleting our farm system. He sucks. He John Smith. Did. John Smith says Sallow had the nerve to say Bridgepoint was a shithole. He has been banished to the A for all eternity. See, it shouldn't be like that. I mean, I, I mean, and if that's the case, it's truly sad, honestly. It's truly sad. Yeah. I got a comment here from J.P.E. Grumpy. The thing that most folks miss is Nystrom was a good skater with the puck, and that means a lot, especially if you have size and you want room in the shot. Jerry Rice was a perfect – Jerry Rice, you know, maybe the greatest receiver of all time. He didn't run a fast 40-yard dish like four – Point six. It's not fast, but you know what? He played fast in pads. There's some guys, yeah, they're doing great in the time drills, but you know, you, you put them out there in uniform and in live when the bullets are flying and they just don't have the same speed. That's what that's what I want to see with the four. Does that drill speed translate to on the ice activity? They look great. They look great running through cones and doing little Instagram videos, but as soon as you put them out there in pads in real game situations, they look like freaking Jane. Yeah, that happens. Yep. Um, Tony Cheese, look at this. You had a new picture. What grumpy look? Oh, see now, Tony Cheese. That's see, that's that's a nice baby right there. The Islanders are the definition of hockey purgatory. That the baby are. doesn't seem to care too much. You don't care too much. No, J.K. Grumpy. Here's my hot take. I'm 46 years old, and I'm begging the Islanders to win a cup for a lot of reasons. One of which is so that we can move on from the dynasty years. I respect what they did, but it's getting. Uh, it's getting rote talking about them. Talk about wash, rinse, and repeat. The ducks from thrown tomatoes. Yeah, I tell you, it is. And for people that are, I'm, I'm very far removed, right? I'm in my 30s, but it's like I never even saw the great teams of the Islanders back in there in that time period. So, even alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I didn't see because I wasn't alive. So, yes. Those kind of, I'm ready to see a team. I'm ready to see an Islanders team where I could say, I feel confident. I had confidence when we were going to eat back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. Now, looking back on that, that was probably just rose-colored glasses, and it was more circumstantial as to why we made those runs. I think a lot of the things aligned for us, and you have to have that happen to win Stanley Cups. Things have to go your way. But there's yet to be a year where I say, I feel this team's winning a Stanley Cup. We've got enough talent. We've got this piece. We've got that piece. I feel really confident in the team. I'm looking to see that. I'm I, I'm wanting to have that sort of energy towards the season, and I just don't have that. State of Survival says, would you trade Dobson and Paul Mary for Nylander? I would. I absolutely would. Absolutely, I would make that deal. Uh, I don't know. Nylander would be the best player on our team. Palmieri. Nylander's not better than Matt Barzal. You think Nylander's better than Matt Barzal? I I think Nylander's a great player. I think you put Matty B on Toronto, you'd see the production. Would you not like a Nylander, Barzal? Sure. Sure. Sure, I'd like that. What does it do? It jumpstarts your offense. You got to give to get. Would Toronto do that? I think Toronto. 
um, Toronto's come out and say that's the next thing they want to get him signed. Yep. That's that's the next that's next thing on their agenda. Get him signed. Yeah, I think I'm sorry. I'd take Mappers all over William Nylander every day of the week. Just would. Personally. Okay. I think the upside still is there. I think in a different system, right? Nylander would have to conform to playing Islanders hockey now. You're not playing Toronto style. You're playing grinded out Islander style. You see that the production's a little different on that. But you have to play Islander hockey because you don't have any skilled talent. If you had more talent, you would not play this style. You'd play a modern NHL style. We just need more talent. We play that style because we don't have talent. Already here. Nice comment there, Grumpy, by Tony Cheese. He says, I just want to take a poll and see how many of the viewers would like to see Grumpy's head on Arnold Schwarzenegger's body. I know I would. Yeah, there it is. Many, the many one, fans, man. many listeners of the show would like that. Um, we've got here a comment by uh, Rick Rock. He says, hi, guys. Calling it now. No Anders on the first line this season. Lane the brain knows better. I hope you're right, Rick Rock. I hope so. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Um, and then D cut says here, who gets the second A now that Bailey's gone has to be Brock, right? He's the, the best player should get the ladder. Oh, okay. First of all, it's it your, captain. your captain should be Barzell. Your assistant should be Horvat and pool. Okay. Let's assume that that's not happening. They're not changing all three of the three of the letters. So let's just look at what they've got. Now they've got the captain is Anders Lee. Captain average. The assistant, what is it? The assistant is is it they bounce around a few times. Clutterbuck. 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 Yeah, Clutterbuck shouldn't have that anymore. But with how many games he misses, it, it's like you've got a rotation anyway. Matt Barzal should get the other A. If everybody's healthy, Matt Barzal should have the other A. Bargell should be the captain. Horvat and uh Pulak should be the two assistants. I don't disagree with that. Let's talk about what's actually going to happen. There's one A available. Who gets that A, Grumpy? I think they should make Barzell captain and then have the assistants be Horvat and uh, Pulak. I know. That game is getting interesting, right? Ohio State and Notre Dame getting interesting at this point in time. But D-Cut, what does D-Cut say there, Grumpy? Shout out to Isles Misery Rated R, that phenomenal Facebook Islander fan group of which I'm a big fan. TJ, not so much. Ah, oh, there it is. There, Michael T. Grumpy. So, TJ, with the team we have now, you're more of a throw in the towel and epic feeling. Michael T. Yeah, you were right. I'd say that. I'd say I'd say Michael T. If I if I had to pick right, if I had to pick one way, stark difference of the other, I would be fine with that. I would. I want to be again. Like I just want it to be every year we go into the season. I'm like, holy shit, this team can win a cup. This team and I, I and it's like maybe things happen, but I feel confident. I'm like, holy crap, we've got a good forward group. We've got one of the best goalies in the NHL, and I like what we're doing defensively. I feel really confident that this team, if things go right, wins a Stanley Cup. I want or, there to be more reasons I could say we win a Stanley Cup than reasons I say we lose a Stanley Cup. Or you're you see the direction the team is going, where you can see a sure. Stanley Cup potentially in the future. With this current group, I just don't see it. I don't see it. We're just a middle-of-the-road team that's going to scuffle around, maybe qualify for a final playoff spot to get to get beat by the Carolina Hurricanes. That's all we are. That's what this team is. And it's it, that's not going to change. But if I had a team that's like, okay, 
We've signed a bunch of we've signed a bunch of young prospects. So we've been doing the great in the draft. The guys are growing in the farm system. Okay, the the big team isn't there yet, but we're kind of we're weeding out the veterans. We're moving these guys in slowly. You're transitioning. I am. I could get a hundred percent behind that and love to see the development of the players. Right now, okay. Well, William DeFore looks like he can skate fast and drills. Yeah, he was a fifth rounder. You know, maybe he competes for spot in a couple of years. No. Um, now this is an interesting one. Status Rival says, yo, can we give the A to Sorokin? No. No. But you know, I think the last time the last person to get the C as a captain was that uh, for as a goalie, was that Roberto Luanga, right? It was. It was. Yeah. Uh Matthew S says, and that was with the Canucks. Matthew S says here, um, I'm a fan. Or was that with the Canucks or the Florida Panthers? Canucks. Okay. Um, I'm a fan for 30 I'm, I'm 30 years, and uh, I'm still waiting to see one cup being born a year after the dynasty. Yeah, it's a long year. Hey, it's oh, yeah. I, I understand the pain of rooting for rooting for teams that have been clinical underperformers. Shay, Shay oh, back. Oh, Shay's back. What's up, gents? I'm going to UBS this Wednesday. Oh, Have fun. Yeah, Shay always know. wins. He always wins when Shay goes. She okay. says, "Sorry." I lately have been in school full time and have two jobs. Wow. The jobs. She's working for the Mets. Remember that grumpy? She's connected. She was working for the Mets. We know she's connected. Who's in the jumpsuit? Who's that in a jumpsuit? I don't know. I can't it's see. Sorokin. It looks like Sorokin's face in the jumpsuit. Jump okay. In the Elvis jumpsuit. It looks like Elvis doing the little things with his legs, but it's got Sorokin, a picture of Sorokin's head. There you go. Very good. I like it, Shay. She's probably working for the Islanders. She's probably gonna. She's taking down the organization from the inside out. She's from the inside. Warrior. That's right. That's right. A lot. Uh, Alan Avatol there says here. Um, Lambert will the Lambert? Will Lambert have the balls to put someone other than Lee on the top line? Would love to see George get nine games and playing with Pulak. Stop. I, I, I don't mean stop to you. That's that's Phil perpetuating that freaking myth too. That's another Isaiah thing. George looks good. He's been texting me about how great Isaiah George looks. I All mean, right. every day I get is the Phil there. Is Phil has Phil been there to watch? The answer yes, is no. Has. The answer is no. He's going on a scouting trip here soon, Grumpy. So he'll be able to tell us exactly what to think. Uh, he's going on a scouting trip soon. He's on diaper duty. Stop. <laughs> oh man. Now I, I think Isaiah George, it's it like. Could he be maybe a, a steady any defensive defenseman in years to come? Sure, but he's still at least three years away, and I don't I don't mind that. I'm just happy if he does become what we're looking for. That's what I'm looking for him to do. I'm looking for him to be a guy that can contribute there. And if you get guys that you're selecting later on in draft picks, just you know what I mean. I, oh, Phil said he's there already. He's there right now. He said, "Yeah, uh huh." There you go, um, but uh, I, I'm a guy. If we could, if we could, it just makes me wonder, man. If we were also selecting picks in the first round and the second round on a more consistent basis, how much better would the prospect pool be if we're hitting on picks in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round? Just makes me wonder. Pony boy Curtis says, "Boys, you better tell Sunex who the real OG diehards are on this podcast here." Um, if you think about it, it's me, D Cut, Tony Cheese are probably the truest of the OGs. But yeah, we just need. Oh x to show up to the show we need to get x's ass back in gear um uh state of survival said here did you hear about the ducks how they low low ball trevor zegras um you Z can't do uh, he, he, yeah zegras you can't he can't do arbitration they're offering three million by two or three years 
um, for his first bridge contract. Yikes. Uh, you know Yikes what? Yikes if that's the case. I just think that players don't forget that stuff. They don't. Now, how do you stop them from forgetting it? You give them money. That's how you forget. But I think they'd want to do a little. How old is he? He's young. He's young, young, grumpy. I think he's like 22, 23 years old. He's young. Okay. So, you, I mean, I could see where you give him a, a short-term bridge deal. But you're going to have to break the bank the next time. Or you That's, lose him. Yeah, or you lose him for certain. Look at his age there, Grumpy, for Trevor's egress. Now, that he's 22 years old. That team, okay. I tell you, is they get a lot of these selections. I'll be interested to see how that continues to look long term. Yeah, he's 22. He's, uh, man, 61 points, 61 points his first full year, 65 points here this last year. Yeah, he's got talent. Certainly he does. Absolutely. Um, now, let's see here. We've got a few more. Co- oh, man, I lost the comments there. Um, oh. Now we do have a picture of Grumpy on Arnold's body. And I forgot about this. Tony Cheese, thank you for the reminder. There it is, Grumpy. Get to the podcast. Do Grumpy, do your Arnold impersonation so everybody on the Islanders show can hear it. Get to the podcast. <laughs> Let me ask you this. That was better than what we saw from you on Thursday. Did you have to watch some Arnold movies to get back in touch with it, Grump? No, I don't know what happened Thursday. It was terrible. Here's the thing. I know when it's terrible. Get to the chopper. That's still Get just some, shitty. Get <laughs> off some steam, Bennett. Oh, man, oh, man. A point about credit is grumpy. He's like, Sully, do you remember when I told you I'd kill you last? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's right, Matrix. You said you'd kill me last. I lied. What? What happened to Sully? I let him I let him go. Comment. Boy says, Grump, I have to say, I love you, man, but your trashing of Bailey during his goodbye speech last podcast was utterly harsh i tried to say something nice i mean yes i know you have to play up a certain character i don't know what i said yeah grumpy doesn't even fucking remember it's his older age there uh he got grump does tj finally go the adam pellick route admit he's balding and buzz his hair no not yet decod maybe one day Shay, whoa, grumpy there's Shay with the robin salary said no job with the islanders yet AHL on AHL TV is who she's with. Look at this, Grumpy. She's she's gonna she's gonna first infiltrate the Bridgeport Islanders. That's the first step. Shay is gonna she's gonna be successful. No doubt. She'll be mind. the GM taking over. She because this rebuild is gonna be so long, Grumpy. What from what Lou Lamarillo did, Shay will be the first person to finally bring the Islanders back from the depths of despair and win our Stanley Cup. It's only gonna be about forty years or thirty years from now, but. It's gonna happen. Just, just another. You well, know, Pony Boy, seriously, Pony Boy must be happy that I said good luck to Josh Bailey today on this show, this podcast. State of Survival says, "Does anybody know how you can watch our prospects play? They should have a few of the games, hopefully televised." That's what I'm I hoping hope so. for. The Ranger, yeah, that's the Ranger games are sometimes. Um. Yeah, I agree, Shay. Absolutely, it's weird to see him in a center jersey. Grumpy didn't didn't really give a shit. Um, George is a great player if he has space. I don't think he will last under heavy NHL forecheck. That's a lot. That's that for a lot of young guys. Yep. For they just they're they're so accustomed to the game being slower and being able to make these certain passes with more time. And when things start to ramp up and better skaters and heavier forechecks, bigger bodies, it's it's a little bit more of a struggle. 
True uh, absolutely. Um, Tony Cheese says Drew is alive. The wellness check. You got him. There you go. Thank you there, Tony Cheese. We're worried about Drew. But but Grumpy Man, we are here at the end of the show today. What do you want to say before we wrap things up? I want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching the show here tonight. We'll be going live with you guys tomorrow, obviously, on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll also be going live here on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll have an Islander game to talk about how they looked against the Rangers, what type of lineups we were seeing out there, what prospects look good, and what you know who, who showed signs of life. But until yep. then, thank you so much, everybody, for watching. And thank you, Grumpy Old Man, as always. My pleasure.